Roar Nation, Promise Keepers is back July 31st, 2020. Estimated 80,000 men will be gathering at the AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Speakers are going to rock the house. It's going to be a full lineup. And on top of that, worship is going to be amazing. Why am I telling you so far in advance? Because tickets are on sale and they're slowly selling out. So that being said, I hope I see you there. I am planning on going. Go to promisekeepers.org to get info and tickets. Again, go to promisekeepers.org. See you there. Welcome to Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You, the podcast that focuses on Christians that are active in everyday life. Join in as we speak to everyone from successful business owners to educators to athletes about their faith and how it helps them reach out and revolutionize those around them to do the same. And now get ready to roar with your host, the voice of manifestation, John Fuller. Hey, Roar Nation, John Fuller here, and I am fired up. I love music. For those of you who don't know, my wife is a worship leader. She does music, so I always get excited when I get artists on here talking about music because, um, man, it's just phenomenal, and music makes the world go round one way or another. So that being said, today's special guest and artist is Nate Seto. Nate, you ready to do this, my friend? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So, Roar Nation, check this out. Nate is a rising R&B artist in Detroit. As a Michigan native, he grew up with a passion for music. He began writing songs when he was seven, and he has pursued his music career since age 20. He also has a new hit song that we're going to be talking about today called Novocaine. So, Nate, that being said, I haven't said much. Why don't you give us a 30,000-foot view of who you are and what you're currently doing? All right, well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it, and um, I really appreciate this opportunity. Uh, basically, I'm a pop artist from uh, Grand Blank, which is like north of Detroit, and, um, you know, I've been, um, I feel like God has called me to do something really big with music, and even though I don't do, uh, like, Christian music, I do, like, pop and R&B music, I really feel like he's given me a platform that I can really use um, on his behalf. And, um, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just an everyday dude, basically, you know, I'm just trying to do my thing, you know? So I got questions for you. I have, I have, uh, I've had two different opinions on this over the years. One when I was younger and naive and one as I got older and I don't know if I'm any wiser, <laughs> but, uh, my question to you is how do you deal with, do you get feedback from people and mostly negative feedback you made the comment you said you know um obviously you're a christian in the music industry but you don't represent yourself as a uh christian artist right yeah, right yeah so what what do you what kind of feedback or how do you what do you get out of that um well pretty much um i don't really like put myself out there like as a you know like a, a christian I basically just it's like a personal thing uh with me and god but when i am asked like i basically just kind of like show people my relationship with god I, I like to talk about you know the things i experienced with him and how it can like benefit them and um you know um it's just like i don't know i don't really know how to explain it <laughs> okay how do you use your platform i guess per se like so when you get the opportunities how do you use that do you wait for people to come to you or do you try to pursue that um, sorry, sorry, I had a cough real quick, man. Oh, no, you're okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so do you pursue that as far as like whether on or off stage or what does that look like? 
Um, it goes both ways, really. I take a lot of opportunities, and uh, right now I'm currently like looking for uh, the right manager to help pretty much give me um, a stronger platform. But um, basically, I've been doing everything on my own, and um, you know, yeah, it, it goes both ways. I would say for sure. Okay. Um, so let's dive into kind of passion as a young age when you started. Uh, what does yeah. that look like? Because a lot of times I think people don't realize that it's in them at an early age, but they don't mm-hmm. totally realize it. When did you start discovering yeah, that? I was, yeah, I was about seven years old. And I don't know, I just had this thing where I just loved to write songs. When I was a kid, I would like have like a little recorder. I would record songs. And I remember I would try to uh, like sing them to my family and stuff like that. And uh, I remember my cousin would kind of like join me and we had our own little band or whatever, but she wasn't really serious in it. I was, you know, it was just like, it was like a little kid thing, you know, but yeah. from there, um, I would always like in middle school, I'd always write songs, uh, secretly. I wouldn't like really show people. It was just something I love to do. And I always imagined myself being like a top artist. And then as I got older, I actually really started pursuing it, um, like two years into college. And um, that's when I was like, okay, this is something I really want to do. There's nothing on this earth that I could do that would ever make me happy. Like, I, like even if I could be like a doctor tomorrow, you know what I mean? And go through all the schooling and it'd be like a breeze. Like I would still just, that's not my passion, you know, even though that's what my parents wanted me to be when I was growing up, you know? And so it was like, there's nothing in this world that's gonna make me happy unless it was music. So that's what I stuck with. I love it. Okay. So Nate, kind of give me, you talked about kind of that jump in, in as far as your passion, and I should say like uh, some age uh, gaps right there. Tell yeah. me about like when you decided to like, what does look, what or sorry, what does it look like going all in? You're like, hey, I'm going to go for this. Where did you make that transition and how did you, how did you shift into that? Um, well, well, growing up, like my parents kind of, you know, didn't want me to, to pursue something like this in entertainment. They always wanted me to either be like a doctor or like a lawyer or take over the family business. And so I remember it became like, like um, a major thing for me is when I pretty much got their blessing and got their support to actually uh, pursue it full time. And that's when I uh, dropped college and, you know, pursued it as a full time career. And uh, yeah, went from there. Okay. So what was, uh, I'm just kind of curious for those listening, they're like, Hey man, I want to, I want to make that step. Or maybe there's somebody in their early mid twenties, you know, that, yeah. that wants to do that also. What, what would you say to them? Like, I'm listening to you thinking, how do I make that step? Because that's kind of a big deal. We don't always know. So what you did you to, do? Yeah. Yeah. You have to be like dedicated. You gotta, you gotta make it like a point in your heart, in your mind. Like, this is what I'm really going to do. This is not just something I'm going to, I'm going to try. This is something that I really want to go full force on and, um, have that nothing's going to stop me mentality. You know, you just have to have confidence in, sh- in yourself and your craft and really believe in yourself and then just, you know, just go for it and don't back out, you know, cause nothing's perfect. You're always going to have uh, the door closing, you know, on your face, but you just got to keep pushing through and, and tell yourself, no, this is what I signed up for. This is what I'm doing. And then you pretty much go for that. So I'm glad you brought up talking about being rejected and then also pursuing your passion. Do you kind of have a moment? Uh, and we all have them. I call it digging deep where you kind of realize, Hey, I'm going to have to, or it couldn't be worse than this type moment where you're thinking I'm going to go after my passion, but you really hit a wall or a roadblock and you really had to decide, but, but I want to talk about not just the struggle, but the light at the end of the tunnel. Do you have a story like that? 
Yeah, um, I've had a few of those. <laughs> and I remember like a major one for me is where I questioned everything. Like this is like years into it, you know, and then I questioned everything. And at this point, I, already, I had already developed my relationship with God. So I remember I would go to him and I would say, Jesus, like, you know, I thought this was something that you wanted me to do, you know. Yeah. And I remember just feeling like, I was like, I don't know if I feel like I even have your support right now. You know what I mean? I was like, are you even helping me right now? I remember having a lot, a lot of those moments. And um, he always just pulled me through, you know, because it's always in his timing. And sometimes as a human being, I forget that. And I forget that his timing is better, way better than my timing. And, um, and he's always doing stuff that I can't see, you know. So I just have to uh, trust in that. And that's what um, I had to learn is to trust in him. And so I would say that was like a major thing for me. Because uh, he always pulls me through, you know. Okay, so they say hindsight's twenty twenty, and I'm curious when you talked about, you know, learning his timing. Do you remember looking back and thinking, had this happened or had it happened when I wanted to, you can see the repercussions, or it would have been bad? Yeah, possibly. Do you yep. have have you seen that as far as and then how well it worked out? Yeah, um, like a quick example would be like performances. Like I didn't start doing performances till a few years <laughs> into like pursuing this whole thing. You know, it was extremely slow pace. And I remember I was like, no, I want to start doing like shows now. And and then like it's like if if, if God put me on, on a, a stage right that at that moment in the very early stages, I would have been stuck on stage. I would have been shaking. I would have had no, like, I wouldn't know how to interact with the crowd. And so like, you know, fast forward a couple of years, he got like led me into um, like this company in Detroit called Star Factory. And they taught me all kinds of stage presence and, and like to build my confidence and to become like the artist that I am today. So it's like, if I had not met them, then I would have been like going through like a lot of like clashes and I would have been really like second guessing myself. I'm like, okay, I'm not, I suck. What am I doing? <laughs> you know? So um, definitely that's like a, a made a big difference. I like that you brought that up. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize basically essentially what you're saying is you got a coach and you, you needed coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of times people don't realize that. So, yeah. Yep. Um, Okay, so let's talk a little bit about, let's back up. I don't know how far we're going, but I do want to talk about uh, your song, Novocaine, why you wrote it. But I also, uh, yeah. in there somewhere, Nate, I do want you to talk about the Lord as far as um, we talked pre-show, so obviously nobody else has heard it yet, kind of your coming to the Lord and how all that happened. So if, if those do overlap, I would love to hear that kind of story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um well, uh, with writing uh, Novocaine, I wrote the song uh, last summer, summer of 19. And basically, it was um, I was going through like a depression and I was going through like a lot of anxiety and I didn't know how to deal with it. So I remember um, just I was drinking every day um, for like almost a year, like almost like a pint a day <laughs> to where um, I was going to the gym drunk and I was like I was pretty much functioning drunk pretty much all day. And so um, I remember just kind of like looking to God and, and being, you know, kind of like ashamed, you know, a little, a little bit and just feeling like, you know, I'm not telling anybody about my problems and just I'm only telling you, Lord. And, um, you know, it's like it's like he's so forgiving and he was just so like like he understood and he knew that he was going to get me out of that situation, you know. And um, starting my relationship with him, I met him in uh, 2014. 
and uh, basically I was receiving signs in 2014 where like it was a bunch of coincidences and I remember I would think to myself like I'm like oh my god am I going crazy and I remember the song would come on like am I crazy like perfect timing I was like oh my god what is going on right now so I remember calling out I was like I was like Jesus like, if is this you or is this the devil and I was like and if this is um if this is the devil, then please, Jesus, protect me from it or whatever, you know, or if this is you, Lord, please reveal yourself to me, like, show me, you know, what you need from me. And I remember within a couple of days of asking and going through those uh, coincidences, which is like 30 of them within like two hours, it was like something crazy. And um, I remember I had a dream where um, Jesus approached me and I remember asking just to be safe. And I was like, are you the real Jesus? And then he looked at me and he, he um, opened his arms to me. He says, I am just simply that. And it was like telepathy. It was like, I, it's like I, I saw him talking, but I didn't hear him, but it was like telepathy. Like I heard it in my mind, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then I remember I jumped up and I, I was like really excited and I, and I hugged him and I, and I just like loved him, you know? And uh, <laughs> it kind of makes me emotional thinking about the, that moment. Um, but I remember uh, waking up and I was just like, I was like, that's, I was like, is that you, Jesus? You know, it was just a dream. I remember throughout that entire day, I kept seeing signs of Jesus everywhere. I kept like hearing his name on like a pop radio station or like um, people talking, just mentioning his name and just like people I didn't know, you know, and I just kept, kept seeing signs. I kept seeing the name Jesus on, online. It was just like so many um, signs of his name you know, all in one day. And it was like, it was like, you know, I have to accept that this is Jesus, you know? And, um, I remember pursuing this, uh, situation and I'm trying to uh, dig into it a little more. And then, um, pretty much discovered his personality, discovered that he is so loving, he's so caring and that he wants something from me, you know, and that, uh, he's calling me to do something. And, um, and I'm like far from perfect. And he, he just wants me to be myself and he wants me to show people that no matter how imperfect you are, like he still loves you. He still accepts you. And he wants a relationship with you. Like he wants you to call out to him and say, Hey Jesus, like, I don't usually do this, but um, I would really like to have a relationship with you. Please, um, you know, make yourself known in my life and then go from there. And that's how my relationship basically started with him. And, um, you know, throughout, and then leading up to uh, Novocaine, um, and this is something that kind of shocked me a little bit, because I felt like when I met Jesus and had a relationship with him, I felt like my life would be absolutely perfect, and that's not the case at all, you know, because we still have to realize we're still on earth, we're still human beings, and then he revealed to me that the devil plays a huge role in this world, and I, in the very beginning, I didn't realize that. And I remember sometimes I would get mad at him because I'd be like, like, Jesus, why are you doing this to me? But it's not him. Jesus doesn't hurt us. He doesn't give us fear, you know? And so uh, that was like a, a huge um, realization for me. And uh, that's something that needs to be known is that we are, we are not alone, that we are in a war, like a spiritual war, and that uh, Jesus is on our side, and we just have to uh, stick with him, you know? And, yeah, I love this. I love that you said we're in a huge spiritual war because a lot of uh, roar, uh, war, sorry, and that people don't realize that because it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. 
in high places. And the thing is, is we're constantly, it is a battle whether, you know, it doesn't matter what industry that we're in, the devil is constantly trying to take authority and take uh, kingdom ground away from us. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we recognize, obviously the scripture says that we are more than conquerors and we are victorious. And when we walk in victory, knowing that he's already defeated the enemy at the cross, we have authority, but you know, it's the same lie that he tried to give Adam and Eve is making them believe they didn't have something that they already had. Yeah, absolutely. And when we recognize that we already have authority and we have the position of power that he's placed us in and we walk in that, the devil has to flee. But a lot of times people don't know that. So that's the deception is he comes and he tries to make us believe something that's not true. Yep, exactly. And he'll sometimes he'll take facts that are true and he'll twist them. Yep. So he, he so he like uses it against you, which he does that all the time, and I hate that. <laughs> yes, it's very frustrating. So, hey, why don't you back up a little bit for those? Um, it's funny. I just got done listening to several podcasts uh, for marriage podcasts. So, but talking about substance abuse and anxiety, and mm-hmm. and uh, I think a lot of people deal with that. Why don't you kind of talk about how that intertwined your relationship with the Lord and how you got out of that? What that looked like. Um, how, how I got out of the, um, the depression phase or the dependency phase. Yes. Because obviously that's, I mean, that's a hard thing to do. And I'd, I'd yeah. love to hear that story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, in this song, I even talk about like calling out to him. I'm saying like, Lord, I need you now. That's like a quick, you know, lyric that's in the, in the song. And basically like it was me already having a relationship with God, kind of falling away from um, a normal lifestyle and just like, you know, always messing up and using this, just kind of falling into the temptation. And, uh, with my depression and anxiety being so strong, it was really easy for me to be like, all right, I need, I need a drink (laughs) like now, (laughs) you know? And, um, so I remember, uh, just kind of calling out to him and he kind of, he kind of talks to me, um, in different ways. And another way over the years I developed was, um, self-talk. So basically it's like, he kind of talked to me through me and say like, Nathan, it's going to be okay. Like, you know, for example, something like that, you know, and, um, and I'll still get like, get like a confirmation because he knows I still question it. (laughs) And, um, so like, it's like, he just kind of like pulled me through it and told me like, um, you are stronger than you think you are. And that, um, you know, you are being lied to, you are being lied to constantly thinking that your life is, um, worse than what it is. And that, um, you know, it was just like a lot of realizing that like Jesus is so much greater than these problems and that he's constantly there and he's constantly helping us. And, um, just, just from that moment, just talking to him, honestly, just being in, in the, in his presence, just talking to him, just got me through it. And it's something that I would do every day, you know, being in his presence. And I would say, please, Jesus, you know, talk to me and like be with me right now. And, um, you know, um, lead me to a better path. And I remember it just like slowly, but surely things were getting better for me. You know, like he would send me people that would like make me laugh, people that would like comfort me. You know, if I'm like about to go through something, like someone would call me right away. And then like, you know, that with them not knowing, they're just calling me for their own reasons, you know, and then it puts me in a better mindset and a better place. So it's kind of like, you know, I feel like me calling out to Jesus, Jesus was sending people and putting me in better situations that 
overall helped me overcome um, the depression and anxiety, making me not have to drink. Because I don't think I was addicted. I think I was just dependent on it. I was mentally addicted, I guess I would say, like, you know. Um, so that's, I, I, I would say that's how he helped me through that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I love it. You know, one thing that I did through my 20s, and uh, and I still do today, but there's times where, you know, I'll just Google, say you're dealing with depression. So what's, uh, and I've told my kids this, so you got to think about it. What's the opposite of depression? It's joy and peace. Yeah. So I literally go in the back of my Bible or, or I'll Google it uh, scripturally and say, and I'll look up all the scriptures that have to do with joy and peace. And then I just start, like you talked about self-talk, I start proclaiming those things over me that, you know, I have peace, yeah. I have joy, uh, that I am more than conquer and just starts, that I start speaking those scriptures over myself of, for those who don't know, or listen, it's time for the show for the first time. I literally have written an entire book on, uh, it's called speaking God's frequency, but speaking God's words prophetically over our life, because that's who we are and that's what he wants to do in our life. So absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, good stuff. Um, all right. So let me ask you this, uh, Nate, what do you feel like your biggest strengths are and what you do? Um, I really like, love my songwriting (laughs) i really um like i'm very passionate about songwriting um i feel like i'm a better writer than i am a singer and so like i just feel like i I like to have like hit songs like i I, when i write i just imagine it being on the radio i imagine it being something that justin bieber would come out with something that drake would come out with you know like rihanna any any top artist you know and i put myself in that situation and say you know i can be um, a top artist as well you know? And so like when I write songs, I just like write them as if they're going to be on the radio already. And so I make them catchy. I make them relatable. I make them, you know, just uh, fun. Um, and Novocaine was something that I wrote that was actually deep. And I don't usually write too many deep songs. I got like maybe two or three, <laughs> you know, but this is like something extremely personal to me. So um, yeah, I'd say like my biggest strength would be writing and being an artist overall. <laughs> okay. What would you say your biggest weakness is in what you do? Biggest weakness. Um, I would say, I would say having like confidence in myself. I feel like I have confidence, but I feel like my confidence could be stronger. I feel like sometimes I second guess myself and sometimes I think, you know, maybe I'm not good enough, you know? And then, um, but, uh, you know, just, sticking with um, my passion, like I just grow and I just become better. I just become like a better artist. I become more confident, you know? You know, what's funny about that is what you don't realize. I've, you know, I've read books and stuff on people that have, you know, been gold medal athletes and won worlds and tops. And if you were to, if you were to talk to any, you know, artist or professional, I mean, I'm talking about people that have hit like the pinnacle of careers and won awards and all that stuff. Every single one of them at one point will tell you that they've had low confidence or Mm self-doubt and all those things that like, I think it's just because the enemy constantly tries to come at us and bombard us, but you know, but when we're anchored in the Lord and we just know that we're his and whose we are, Mm -hmm. we can always rest in that and just keep pushing forward. And I like what you said though, you're perfecting your craft. So even though you, somebody might be thinking, well, I don't know if I'm good enough or I can't, but you still keep pursuing, you keep still going forward and you keep perfecting the craft. Yeah. And and like the crazy thing is sometimes I would like 
tell myself, I was like, you know what, I'm done <laughs> doing this. Like, you know, in the past, I was like, you know, I'm done doing this. I, like, I don't think this is even for me anymore. And I remember like Jesus, he would always pull me through. It's like, it's like, he wants me to do this. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, then it got me thinking, like, I think the reason I even had this passion since I was a kid is because like, I think Jesus wanted me to have this from the beginning, you know? And um, I really feel like he's called me to do something for him through music. And even though it's not Christian music, I think that's perfect. I think, I think he has a plan, you know? Um, And so like, yeah, I agree with what you were saying. Like just when you feel anchored, like with him, you just like, you feel secure. You feel, you feel like, you know, you can do it. You know, you can have confidence and you can actually succeed. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's like uh, my wife and I, we own multiple businesses and I'm not a, I'm not a Christian business owner. Mm-hmm. I happen to be a business owner. That's a Christian. <laughs> right. Yep. But, but what I do is, is I allow that constantly to be my platform. So I minister to people who work with me, who work for me. Uh, yeah. I always represent Christ in every possible way. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. in, in the way I treat people, the way we conduct business, the, um, I mean, just everything that we do, because what that does is it allows people at any opportunity. I mean, if you ask most people or you can see them, they're having a bad day or something's wrong. There is always a door or a window of opportunity to speak life into somebody. 100%. I love able, that you say that. Yeah. Constantly. Because if, if, if we're in relationship with the Lord and we go out into the world and we're mm-hmm. doing our business and you just like you're, and you think, Lord, is there somebody I can speak to today? Or can I minister? Your yeah. Or something? It is <laughs> always there. We just have to, t- it's just asking the right question saying, Lord, just bring somebody in my path today. Yeah, man. Like, I'm so happy you say that actually. Cause like, I kind of like see myself, like, like I kind of relate to you on that. Like I feel the exact same way. And I do that as well. Um, like, um, like with my, like, I want to give you a quick uh, story. Um, just recently, like a week ago, I was at my dad's uh, business, um, been helping him with uh, the store business. And I remember one of the employees, he locked himself out of the car. Right. And this guy, he's like borderline, like spiritual, like he believes in like, he's like open-minded to everything. You know, but um, he doesn't necessarily not believe in Jesus. He's just open-minded to everything. So, but he knows that I have a relationship with God because we, you know, we had our talks before. So, um, I remember he was like, he locked himself out of the car and several customers couldn't uh, help him get in. Other employees could not help him get in. He was stuck and he was like, you know, freaking out. I was getting worried. He was going to be late to something he had to do. I remember um, he walked past me and I kind of like, and like I had, I had a, um, like Jesus kind of told me in my heart, like, um, tell him to ask me to help him just simply that. And I remember, um, I, I saw a little confirmation that it was Jesus, not just my thought, but it was like Jesus's thought. So I remember I was like, okay, I was like, I'm going to ask him since he, like, that was like a pretty cool coincidence that just happened. So I was like, I was like, Hey Miguel, I was like, um, um, talk to, uh, ask God to intervene into your situation. And then I was like, you never know. He might send you somebody that can help you or whatever. He's any kind of nod. He's like, yeah, you're right. I'll do that. And then like five minutes later, he came back with like the biggest smile on his face. And he was just like shaking his head. He was like, he's like, you will not believe what just happened. I was like, what? He's like, some, some guy just pulled up 
into the parking lot and he was like the guy was like shaking his head like they were doing it wrong and he he got this special tool and like poof, he like got the door open in, in like two seconds and then um he was like oh can i buy you a drink or whatever and he was like no 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 the, the guy who helped him he's like no 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 don't worry about it i was just driving by and he was like um take care or whatever and the guy just took off you know so the guy wasn't even a customer at the store he was just driving by he just happened to look you know so it's like that was like a perfect example of how how jesus like helps us and even something so small as that you know but like just like what you're saying yeah i got that opportunity to help people and even like it had nothing to do with my music it just had to do with me being like a soldier for god you know and just kind of representing him in that way yeah i love that story nate i mean that's that's exactly what i'm talking about is what the, the story you just use and, and it gets me excited to think about is that you're still young and you know when i think about uh, rap music or R&B music and stuff like that. Always yeah. the first stuff that comes to mind is just sex and drugs. Right. Because that, because that's just what's sold to us. I mean, that's all my, my exactly, dad, yeah. my dad's an R&B listener. He has been my entire life. So I grew up really? listening to it. And, um, and, and that's all I ever saw. And I think, you know, I love the music. I hate the message. Right. Right. <laughs> and I think, and I think, man, if, you know, if somebody can come along and, and here's the thing is that's, in my opinion, that's the, the, the devil's kingdom and right. he twists it, but God created music. And yeah. I think about if guys like you and other people that can come along and take that authority back and change, keep the music, change the message. Right. Right. Exactly. And, 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 and it's the message through that because you know, it's funny. It's, it doesn't matter if it's uh, color or race, religion, uh, sex, any of those things, music is neutral everywhere. Like everyone listens to music. Mm-hmm. And when you can create a message of hope and peace and what the Lord wants to do in people's lives, man, you're just able to minister to so yeah. many people. That's, it's just exactly. powerful, man. It's a it is powerful. platform. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So man, as we wrap this up, uh, I'd want to ask you the last couple of questions is what is the biggest thing right now that God's stirring inside of you that, uh, has you excited? Um, basically, um, I feel like currently in my life, I would, I would say, um, I'm just ready to move out to LA and that's something that him and I are both focusing on. And, um, I just, I just feel like just sticking with my relationship with him. It's like, it's like we're moving out together and we're going to like, we're going to go out into the world together. And I feel like right now he's uh, me being in Michigan. It's like, he's preparing me and like just that preparation gets me excited, you know, just like preparing, like just learning and growing and knowing that the day that when the day comes that I am on that large platform, I will be ready. And it's all thanks to him. And that's all I'm excited about. Oh man. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So last question as we wrap up the show. So Nate, if you could go back to the younger you, Uh what age would you pick and what would you tell yourself knowing you can't change the future, but you're going to go give yourself a motivational pep talk. What would you say? What age? Uh, I would say, um, doing anything with my career or without my career. Just anything. Doesn't matter. Just okay. you're going to go back and... 17 years old. Okay. When I had my first uh, major depression <laughs> and, and I had a lot of suicidal thoughts, I would tell that younger me to to have hope because I was feeling very hopeless for the longest time. And um, 
I would just tell myself, have hope and something amazing is going to enter your life, which is Jesus. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty, pretty much what I would do, just have hope. I love it, man. All right, so Nate, as we wrap up the show, Roar Nation, I don't even know if I said this at the beginning of the show, but I thought this was pretty impressive. Nate has over 50,000 followers on Instagram, 1.3 million views on YouTube, and 36,000 over on Facebook. So um, that's a lot. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm envious, <laughs> Nate. I'm envious. That's awesome. So that Thanks, being man. said, though, uh, I, love, I love that you have that. Tell us how we can find you, follow you, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I'm really, I'm mainly uh, big on um, YouTube and Instagram. So um, as far as YouTube, just my name, Nate Seto, which is N-A-T-E-S-E-T-T-O. And then my Instagram is at Nate underscore Seto, which S-E-T-T-O. Love it, man. All right. So any last words as we wrap up the show? Uh, no, I would say pretty much everything is, uh, I would say check out my song, Novocaine. Okay. <laughs> I'll say that, check out the music video to that on YouTube. Um, I think it's very relatable. I think a lot of people can really take something from it. All right, man. All right, Nate, uh, stay on. We'll talk a little bit after the show and uh, as we wrap this up. Roar Nation, I hope you guys uh, check this out and just just know that there is peace and joy in the Lord. And one thing, one of my biggest takeaways today with Nate is just thinking about how God is constantly pursuing us. And you hear Mm -hmm. Nate's story about... Uh, giving us signs and different things and bringing people into our life. And I would challenge you today to ask Jesus to show you stuff and just see how many different ways he's going to appear through music, family, friends, strangers, just a, a, a constant repeat of something because he is pursuing you because he's madly in love with you. So we're a nation. Have a blessed day. Please reach out to Casey and myself on Facebook and uh, Instagram as well if you need anything. And don't forget, um, do have two books out, DYI, Remodel Your Life, and Speaking God's Frequency. We're about to do a huge launch on as well. So love y'all. Remember, be real, be authentic, and be you. That's all for this episode of Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You. Be sure to go to areyoureal.org for your free questionnaire to identify your gifts and talents and how you can use them to help people become leaders and catapult them into their destiny to help others become the leaders of tomorrow. We appreciate you spending your time with us and look forward to helping you reach out and revolutionize next time on Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You.